0: everybody. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Milzoff, Senior Editor at Billboard and Broadway expert in residence here. So when I think about the musicals that felt totally life-changing when I was growing up, uh, Miss Saigon is one of the first that comes to mind. Some of you may have already heard the podcast with Leia Salonga and deduced my enthusiasm for the show from there. But... Um, I remember when I first got the cast album for Miss Saigon, it was the early 90s and much like my first Mariah Carey and *Boys to Men CDs, I totally wore it out. My friends and I had all the songs memorized and I'm not even sure we totally understood the story at that point, but it still felt super meaningful to us anyway. Uh, The story of Miss Saigon is a take on Madame Butterfly that takes place during the Vietnam War. It's about Kim, uh, a teenage girl from the country who works in a brothel in Saigon, and the sort of sleazily, charismatic pimp known as the engineer who kind of follows her throughout the story. Um, Certainly at that point, I was in middle school. I didn't know much about the Vietnam War. Uh, when the show first premiered, but it felt so sort of epically romantic. It had these huge songs that were just like power ballad after power ballad, which is maybe not entirely surprising. The team behind Miss Saigon was the same as that behind Les Miserables. Um, And the show had this star at the center, Lea Salonga, who for me was pretty much on Mariah level as a singer. She just had the most perfect voice ever, and she became that kind of almost pop idol to me and my friends. Uh, I ended up seeing Miss Saigon on Broadway twice, which is a strange feat even for me, who is the biggest theater nerd in the world. Um, And now in a moment of me feeling extremely old, uh, Miss Saigon is back on Broadway more than 25 years after it premiered in a new production that feels pretty different from what I saw back in the 90s. Going back to its source material, this Miss Saigon is, is still pretty epic, but the production feels a little bit more in your face. Um, it actually feels physically closer to the seats. Uh, overall, there's this sense of intimacy and being sort of right there with the characters that, that feels sort of new. And that means the violence of the war is also much more pronounced. Um, But what hasn't changed, of course, is the music and the fact that the lead roles, Kim and the engineer, are again being portrayed by actors who really feel like they're having big career moments with these roles, Uh, Eva Noblezada and John John Briones. Um, They both were nominated for Tonys this year, and they both have really strong personal histories with this show uh, that are pretty interesting. So it was great to hear their personal Miss Saigon stories when they came to Billboard to chat with me recently.
2: You will be who you want to be You can choose whatever heaven grants
0: As long as you can have your chance so thank you both for coming. Of course. Uh, great to see you. Uh, so I guess just to start out, before we talk about this show itself, you both have really interesting personal histories with Miss Saigon. So I would love to hear just a little bit about how you each came to the show. You can go first.
3: No, you go first.
2: <clears throat> Mine's less interesting. <laughs>
3: no, it is not. It's actually less Jesus, interesting. Jesus, you're like the child wonder, child phenom.
0: You were in the original.
3: <laughs> Stop it.
0: No, no, you too. <laughs> All right.
3: I um, I started with the show in 1988. Well, n- not sorry, but I was introduced to it when, when I, I was living in the Philippines, born and raised in the Philippines. And a friend of mine said, uh, uh, you want to earn extra bucks, uh, we're, we're, we're uh, working with this Broadway producer and they're auditioning for a new, for his new Broadway show. And I said, yeah, sure. What's his name? Cameron McIntosh. I said, who's that? <laughs> yeah, he's done, you know, Cats and Les Mis and what are those? <laughs> but um, I met them, I worked with them. And um, that's when they found Lea Um and then they came back to cast the rest of the ensemble, the main male ensemble, and I and I worked again, and I said, uh, "Why not audition?" And the rest was history.
0: And then you returned in London. And then
3: right? I returned in London uh, in 2014 for the uh, the revival, and where I met. Eva Noblezada. <laughs> she was 17 when we first met her. She was amazing then, and still m- even more amazing now. Um, and uh, but this time, yeah, when I came back to to London, I came back as the uh, the engineer, which was amazing. I, it was like a full circle. You know, I started my my big break in London when I when I joined the 1989 cast. And then coming back in 2014 as the engineer was like, uh, you know, beyond dream coming true. It's, you know, rainbows and unicorns.
0: <laughs> rainbows, unicorns, I miss And you?
2: Yeah, I, I'm 10. Um, <laughs> 11. I didn't, yeah, well thank you, thank you for rounding. Um, I actually didn't have any knowledge of the show before really getting into high school at my musical theater, well, performing arts high school. And I had, like, Sun and Moon, and I still believe in my repertoire because um, what Asian girl wouldn't um, <laughs> auditioning for colleges? And I was a part of the Jimmy Awards here in New York. And a talent agency, we're casting um, company, um, Tar Rubin, actually, was in the audience and helped me set up an audition after hearing me sing, and thus me getting the role. It was very strange. Um, I don't know
3: if that this is true, though, but somebody told me that... She was there, and then you came and sang, and she went. She pulled out her cell phone and started recording and sent it to Cameron. That's, really? That's a story I've I've heard. That's true.
0: Aww. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your legend is growing. Yes. It's and funny. and now you've been doing it for a few years. Going.
2: Yeah. In. Yeah. It's been fun. She's fun. She's a good role. Especially with this one. He's
0: a nut. (laughs) I was going to say that it's amazing that the two of you are in such good spirits. It's like, it's a heavy show in a lot of ways.
2: I don't think you'd ask us to come if you knew we
0: weren't good spirits.
2: (laughs) 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 If you knew we were really solemn and not easy to talk to.
3: (laughs) I'll still be at home drinking my coffee, kicking (laughs) the cat in the corner. (laughs) I don't know why I said that.
0: (laughs) We can deal with you and your cat later. Um, well, this is—I mean, Miss Saigon has been a big part of my life too. I—I I saw it twice in high school. It was like one of my favorite shows growing up. Um, and I feel like when you have a show like this that is so beloved by so many people, it can be like a little bit of a double-edged sword. Like you have like a great built-in audience, but people definitely probably come in with expectations, mm-hmm. and they remember the way it was the first time. Um, Is And this is a very different production, which I would love to hear just a little bit about how this is different from the original. um, And how have you felt audiences responding over the course of the run so far?
2: I can say my opinion will be different from John John's because he actually got to experience the original atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, it is difficult sometimes because people sometimes... Majority of the time they're so biased, which I totally understand. Any revival is, will suffer by comparison. Um, movies, musicals, you know, it doesn't matter what. But um, people are sometimes are so biased and are used to the original that they come in and they watch the show um, without listening. If you know what I mean, they don't. They watch and they're constantly thinking. Well, that didn't happen, and oh, well, oh, that's not what I remember. And it's like you come into the theater to be taken out of your seat and to be put in this new atmosphere, into this new environment that we try to create for you. So it is kind of a shame sometimes when people like to express their opinions at Stage Door, and sometimes they aren't very friendly. And sometimes you're like, okay, I don't really understand that, but from what I know, everyone's worked their butts off, and we don't see it as a better show we don't see it as a worse show we just see it as just an extension of the Saigon family and it if anything it's just as relevant as it, as it was when it opened we just have a, a little bit of a different more modern take on it i think
3: yeah well fortunately those those people are in the, the minority because nowadays um, we meet people uh, outside the stage door and they are you know 12 to 18 mm. 24 and they they've never seen the show before they they only know the the recording and because maybe their parents or their uncles introduced uh, them to to the music and they fell in love with it and now this is the first time they're seeing the show and 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 they 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 just take it as mm. as uh, uh, as as their show because they can relate to it and they can relate to to Eva's character Kim as a strong young woman you know surviving and and going through all these sufferings and uh, you know what, when you, when you ask about uh, you know expectations I think we. You know, we, we were very confident about what we, we did, mm. what, what we presented, because we had a great team, a great producer, and uh, who's given us all the, the resources and to, to succeed. And uh, I think, and then when rehearsals are great like that, and once you, you start doing it, you, you become more confident mm. about your storytelling.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I remember when you guys were in London that there was all this buzz of like, oh, there's this new visceral Miss Saigon and it's like so gritty and um, it's not at all what you remember from the past. And uh, and from being in the audience, like it does feel more intimate in a way. It feels like it's being almost brought, like physically brought closer to the audience. Right. Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: But we love that. I love, mm. I, my thing is... Um, it's actually our Tui Devin Elal was saying, it's not pretty, it's gritty. <laughs> and I quite like the fact mm. that um, we can emotionally punch people in the face and in the gut. That is to me, if I hear sniffles in the audience and if I hear pe- see people at stages or m- grown men speechless, we've done our job right, we've told the story right, and we've been as organic as we possibly could have. And I think, especially with like John John was saying, this this generation of, um, like me, like my generation of, of, um, of young adults and, and, and tweens and teens, like, I love that our musical can speak to them. I feel like it's almost a bit, you know, angled towards them in a way. But it also brings the generations who saw the original together. And it's, it's, I think it's a nice glue. It's a nice layer on top
0: of the original.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: No, I remember Eva and I spoke a while ago and you were saying that the Vietnam War was something that you needed to learn more about before you entered the production in the first place. And it occurs to me that a lot of kids growing up now probably aren't as familiar with it. I mean, what's that like for you guys going into the show, knowing about that and knowing that you're kind of bringing this historical story to a new audience?
2: I think it's scary, but I didn't learn anything about it in school. I think
3: no but I, I think I think it, it's not as as hard, though, because we, conflicts are still all over us, all around the world. So it, they can understand wars. Uh, you know, it's it's in Syria. It's in mm. it's all over. So um, and. You know, seeing in our show refugees and, and being displaced and, and kids, uh, you know, trying to find their fathers, it's so relatable right now because mm-hmm. of what's happening in the world. Um, and, but it's an added bonus when, people, when kids go, Oh, Vietnam War, uh, you know, I didn't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. I, I should know more. Um, I think that's, that's a good thing to, to you know, like a, wake people up and remind yeah. people.
2: It opens up lots of conversations about current conflicts, I think, as well,
3: Absolutely. because
2: it, it and just conversation in general about um, the Bui Doi. Um, I mean, it hits home to so many people who have families who are veterans or are currently fighting in like Afghanistan, or um, and we've met a lot of people who were directly influenced or um, were a part of the fall of Saigon, or we've met a few boat people.
1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
0: Well, in terms of bringing people together, we should talk about the music. Um, I really think of this as a show in the vein of Les Mis and Phantom that just has this epic kind of pop, pop mm. operatic score that um, just resonates with people in a way. Like, what do you think it is about the music that has made this such a classic over the years?
3: You know, we've always thought that um, Claude Michel's music and L'Ambouble, uh, you know, they're musical. Their, it's not very subtle. It's, <laughs> it's in your face. Like them. Oh, yeah, it's in your face. And maybe that's why... When they did the, mu- the the movie of Les Mis, it everything is in close up. Oh, totally. You know, um, I know
0: it, the inside of Hugh Jackman's mouth very well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
3: it's uh, it's uh, the, the the music is is uh, hold on, wait, I, I got lost. <laughs> you, you take over. The
2: music is epic and it's legendary, and like John John was saying, it's not subtle. Um, and I think the combination of the music and the lyrics and the way that they've been able to storytell. I always say uh, you could you don't need us on stage for their music. You could just tell the story without having people on stage. <laughs> like doing like, you've done Les Mis as well, so you know just how um, that influenced me hugely as a musical theater student. And it will always be my favorite musical, don't tell anybody. But um, <laughs> it's just, it's one of those musicals that, you know, the music will stick with you for the rest of your life And like Saigon. Most people who come in go, I grew up listening to the soundtrack or now like I got the the soundtrack for the revival and like it's constantly on repeat when I'm doing stuff around the house. Like it's music that you don't, that you need. (laughs) And it it is legendary.
0: Completely. No, I have memories of like my friends in high school and I like singing. I give my (laughs) life for you to each other, (laughs) which was hilarious. I love Um, Of course. (laughs) Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> and you have, I mean, you have so many sort of showstopper moments yourself that are like, I feel like the engineer is sort of a, like, dirty rock star in a way. <laughs> like, do you, do Ooh, you take like any that. kind of inspiration dirty from that? Rock
3: star. Yeah, they're fun. They're, uh, I, you know, when, oh, I remember when, when I read interviews of Lin-Manuel Miranda and, you know, writing musicals, he, he, the characters need a an I want song. And, you know, Eva uh, Kim has an I want song and the, the engineer has that one too. The, if you want to die in bed, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, I think American Dream is wonderful. I love that number, but. Uh, if you want to die in bed, is so important. It's so I, that it's my favorite. It's you understand the character more when during that number.
0: Well, I come to think of it, you both have like almost every song of yours is an I want song. There are a lot of different things you want, both of you.
2: I yeah, is more obsessed about I think just Chris, and then when her child's threatened, she just wants to live and give him a good so. Less, I think, material <laughs> than <laughs> most. Do I want songs? <laughs> but um,
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> it's I I love the journey of all the characters in the show. the, the journeys are wonderful, oh, yeah. especially her journey. It's from this innocent young lady into becoming um, a selfless, strong human being. You know, everything is. It's not really about her. Mm-hmm. You know, it, even in the middle of the show, it's it's about one person. You know, she even sings about that, I will give my life for you. And and it says so much about uh, you know, female human beings, when they have that that person, Mm
1: -hmm. they will
3: do anything for them. And uh you know, it's it's and for her from a child to a woman into a um a warrior. Mm. You know, warrior totally.
2: (laughs) Now women are the best. We rule. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <That's right.
0: laughs> well, you know, I, I think that both of you really make these roles your own. Again, these are roles that were iconically portrayed such a long time ago. And I wonder when you were each approaching how you were going to do these characterizations, do you take that as inspiration or is it liberating to say, you know what, like I'm just starting this completely all over again from my perspective?
3: Oh, completely all over again. Because, mm. you know, you've they've people have seen that before. It's just, but but at the same time, because I've worked with with Jonathan Price, I watched him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I didn't go to to acting school, but it was like being in a workshop with him teaching That's so cool. during rehearsals. So I learned from him. But you know, uh, w- when I was given the opportunity to to take to, to do the role, I I brought up myself because I'm not six foot four. <laughs> how, how tall is he? Six foot three. I'm so sure. you didn't know he was and such a tall man. He's he, tall. He's tall. He's very tall. And uh, so, and I came from, I grew up in the slums of Manila. So I brought that with me. Mm-hmm. And and the, so my my storytelling from that, you know, from that point is, is, is totally different.
0: What about you?
2: I learned actually, I didn't watch anything of Leia. I think I saw one video, but that was during high school. I think my auntie was showing me a video of Sun and Moon with um, Simon and Leia. But this was when I was like, 14 so i didn't do that because i never want to take art from anyone else that is the worst thing an artist can do is to take it and claim it and label it as theirs and because leia's was so obviously iconically portrayed and john john said it perfectly it's been done before and i think i had a huge we had a huge job as the revival to have a clean slate and be like we're taking a huge gamble at putting original colors on it now and making it totally different Um, And because you know, I have a different, you know, I see it differently. But I've never actually seen Leia's performance, so I I wouldn't know. I've never seen any other Kim's performance. Hmm. Just I needed that blank page because I didn't want any distractions. I needed to bring it. How do you say it? Just bring it from myself. But I use the people around me. Like you were saying, Jonathan Price was like an acting lesson. Like working with John John is is up to this day still an acting lesson. <laughs> it is the, it is so much wow. fun. It is. I learn so much in like in rehearsals and in the beginning, there was only a few people in the room in the revival that I could really learn from. And I soaked it all up. And the people around me really affluenced me to be the actor I am today because I couldn't afford acting lessons. Couldn't even afford I couldn't afford anything growing up. So help us. We're poor. <laughs> help me <not> I'm poor. <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> I had to learn from him, and it was the best lesson, ongoing lesson. And I, I didn't had. charge.
0: <laughs> Maybe you should think this over.
3: Ninety-nine.
0: Strew up your imaginary beard. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you've both been involved with the show for quite a while now, how have your perspectives on the characters changed? Because I'm sure performances evolve. It's the great thing about theaters; it's never the same yeah. thing twice. You know, how have has have your perspectives on Kim and the engineer changed overall? So all this time? different. Mm.
2: It is so, my Kim is so different. Mind you, I am a, I am, could be a different person in every aspect than when I first started mm. physically and mentally, emotionally, psychologically, literally everything. And that was a huge part of playing Kim. I think I didn't have a sense at all of who I was as a person. So what makes, you know, me think that this child is going to lead a West End show and like be perfectly brilliant at it, <laughs> um, and I've grown. Um, hugely in the past few years so my perspective I think I've tried to simplify as much as possible I lately I think for the past year I try to see it from a cinematography kind of perspective where I feel like there is a camera right here Mm. because for Kim I don't like the idea of having it out to the theater you know unless it's blocking you know she's not like that she's not a kind of personality so my, my Kim's always changing every single night I challenge myself to do something different.
3: Growing old, you know, um, because I was, I was, how old was I? I was 29 when I first played at the engineer, I was a cover and, you know, making so many mistakes, so many bad choices that, that teaches you. And also, so growing old, older, and then, um, <laughs> Not so old. Yeah. and then, uh, the times mm. as well. Things that you, you read about, things that you you see you you, you know, you uh, that you experience changes changes your your uh, perspective and it, it, it applies so much on stage and the thing is you, you can't really you, you have to adjust it or, or else the, the audience is not going to be with you it's not going to move with you you have to you you have to move with the times yeah. to so that people can relate to it otherwise might as well just put on uh, you know the old films of of you know the show but uh yeah what am i saying yes <laughs> g- growing old g- is is good there
2: is not old <laughs> You don't look old. Oh, thank you.
0: Yes, (laughs) you certainly don't, being here with you. Well, it's, I mean, it's exciting to see how thrilled people still are by the show. I mean, I feel like people are not capable of just saying, Miss Saigon. It's always like, Miss Saigon. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's very that. It's so
3: funny, not funny, but, you know, when you see uh, kids, you know, crying outside the stage door when every time they're
2: It is funny. Don't lie. (laughs) It, it is it's, hilarious. It's
3: smiling and, and crying at the same time. <laughs> or
2: it's just some, I had a girl the other week and bless her, but it was hilarious. I'm not going to lie. Now it's hilarious. And then at the moment, it was also hilarious. But I was like, hi, it's nice to meet you. And her mouth was moving, but nothing came out. And it was just floods of, floods of tears. <laughs> and her hand was shaking. Aww. And then her mom was like, um, her mom was obviously pinoy And she goes, why did you die, huh? And, like, really, like, really angry with me, like, tearing up. Why did you die, huh? Like, giving me her playbill. And I'm like, I have no idea what to do. But this is
0: hilarious.
2: It
3: says so in the script.
2: I didn't write it. No, that's a, that's fun. And you're like,
0: I'm alive now. It's like, okay. I'm real.
3: You, you know that's not real, right? Yes.
0: Wow, the the stage door stories alone, I'm sure, could could fill a play on their own.
3: Yes, (laughs) that'll be next.
0: Well, thank you so much, both of you, for coming. Thank you for having
3: us. Thank you for having us. Yay!
0: Miss Saigon is playing right now at the Broadway Theater, aptly named on Broadway. Uh, and if you're a fan of Billboard on Broadway, please come back next week. Uh, give us stars and nice reviews on iTunes. And uh, you can always find me on Twitter at Rebecca Millsoff and use the hashtag Billboard on Broadway if you would like to tweet about the podcast. And hope to have you back here next week. Blah, 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 blah.